Know Your Food with Warty, episode 110. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 110. See you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm so glad you're joining me today. We are talking about a very timely thing. It is spring, and what does that mean? Well, if you're around sneezing people, or if you're one of those sneezing people, maybe your eyes are watering, you got itchy ears and itchy sinus passages, and you're really battling those seasonal allergies, well, that's what we're talking about today. And in fact, it The reason I decided to do this was because a listener question came in about seasonal allergies, and I thought, I need to turn this into an episode. So for Nancy, who wrote in with asking for help on seasonal allergies, this show is for you. And also, our tip of the week is about allergies. We're just going to make this a whole show about allergies, seasonal allergies. So let's start with the tip of the week. Um... And I'm picking it because we're talking about allergies. So if I was going to think about everything I'm going to share with you today, the one tip I would give you if you are battling seasonal allergies is to stop eating wheat. So you might want to give up all grains. You might want to give up just wheat and have moderate or low use of ancient grains like einkorn. Either way, I want you to give up modern wheat and just see what that does for your seasonal allergies. Now, it's not the same for everyone, but my guess is it's going to be a huge help. So that's the tip of the week. Modern wheat can really put your immune system on edge, and an immune system on edge is sneezing, itchy, and all that stuff. I mean, there is more to it, but wheat has a profound effect on seasonal allergies. At least that has been my experience I'm going to share with my share my story with you here soon so you can hear it for yourself. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at ganalfglins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash free and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at a glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. All right, let me begin with my story with seasonal allergies. I am coming to you as a lifelong seasonal allergy sufferer. However, It is uh, mid-April right now, and I am not sneezing. I am not itchy. I don't have any watery eyes. My ears aren't ringing. I don't have this urge to scratch my ears as deep as I can get. I don't have any of that, and I haven't had for several years. Even so, I am 
I told you, I'm coming to you as a lifelong allergy sufferer. I have been as bad off as anyone this time of year. So I want to tell you my story. Um, the times when I struggled with seasonal allergies, and I'm talking about not being able to function for several months struggling with seasonal allergies, they seem to be linked to times when I wasn't taking good care of myself. Now, I had them probably off and on my whole life, but the first time they really got bad, really bad, was when I was in college. Um, at that time in my life, I was not very healthy, probably the worst off in my life. Um, you know, the stress of college, working hard, away from home. I was also in this very poor diet phase. I was trying to be very skinny, and I thought the way to do that was to eat low fat and to exercise a ton. So I did that. So I was a vegetarian, very low fat, almost no fat, and I exercised way too much. So my body was starved, basically. Um, and I had all the, the symptoms of that. I had hair falling out, lost my female cycle, fatigue, I got mono, headaches, bad headaches, and also seasonal allergies. I grew up in Montana for the most part. I went to college in Oregon at Willamette University in Salem. Oregon, especially the Willamette Valley and you know this area of Oregon, um, is just totally in bloom in the spring, way more than Montana ever was. So fruit trees and grass seed and starting in April, um, Boy, sorry about that. I did not silence my phone. I'm going to do that right now. So starting in April, um, heading into May and June, it is just literally a pollen onslaught. You turn on the news and you see the pollen index. And so it was so bad um, in Oregon especially. And I, would, I told you I exercise a lot, so I would walk every day and I would be devastated if I couldn't take my walk. But yet when I was walking, I would literally be sneezing every step nonstop. My eyes and ears would itch. My eyes were puffy. My nose ran. I was a total mess. And so the only way I could function was to use Claritin, which is, you know, and, and it might be over the counter now, but back then it was a prescription. So um, I took it and I had to take it within moments of waking up. Like if I woke up and I even let like 15 seconds go by, Within 15 seconds, I would have a full-on allergy attack because of the pollen in the house or, you know, I didn't even have to go outside. It just built up. And so I had to take Claritin like, you know, like I said, within seconds of waking up, I had to beat that allergy attack or the rest of the day would be lost. Um, because if it even started in me, the Claritin wasn't powerful enough to make me go back to normal where I could function. Um, so that was like college, like I said, late teens and early twenties. And that kind of a cycle continued through my adult life, you know, ebbing and flowing. That was really bad then. And it kind of stayed pretty bad. Um, the next bad time I remember was when I was married. We had had three kids at that point. We were vegan. And I've shared this story on the blog before, you know, vegan and vegetarian were definitely way off with our, uh, health and nutrition at that point. Um, you know, with our family being vegan, we did it because we thought it would help our son's eczema. Well, it turned out that it wasn't being vegan that helped his eczema. It was getting away from processed foods. Um, we didn't know that yet at the time. And so at that time, I had 
really bad allergies again. Like I said, they ebbed and flowed. They were really bad when I was in college. Um, and then at this point in time, they just got really bad again. Um, and it was the same year that we planted our first garden, and I had these horrible allergies. The kids were little, so they're tottering around outside, and my husband and I are working in the garden. He's digging, and I'm fetching things or assisting him. And, you know, it was I'm, I'm sure it was totally annoying to him because, you know, my it's just gross, you know, just the sneezing and blowing nose and can't talk, and he's just like, just go inside and let me do it myself because... Oh, anyway, just one of those things. Um, and just going on about that, you know, you're blowing your nose and that's stress to the skin, and so it would bring on these huge eruptions and cold sores. So it was just like this endless, vicious cycle, and it was just miserable. And I'm just telling this to you so that you know that I have been there, um, and I want to help us all get out of it. Uh, let's see, what else should I tell you about my story? Oh, so, you know, back then, once again, I was turning to medication um, when I had to, but the medication made me feel like really bad in other ways. I don't, I don't maybe you've experienced this, but you're miserable because of allergies because you can't breathe and you itch and you're constantly running your nose and blowing your nose and it means just miserable. You can't function. Then you take the medication and it dries you up and you sort of get this like really dry sinus pressure and tight feeling like you're just thirsty and dehydrated and tight and it almost brings on these like tight headache. I don't know how to describe it, but I felt like completely wiped in another way from taking medication. So it was this balance of which was the worst. Um, and then, thank the Lord, we found traditional foods, um, which you've heard my story. We came to it because it was sort of out of desperation. Like, we've tried all these things, um, and here we are with food allergies, food sensitivities, and um, traditional foods were very healing in many ways. Um, eczema, food sensitivities, all cleared up. And wonder of wonders, my allergies cleared up. It was the fats and the fermented foods and the proper attention to soaking and sprouting and preparing the grains and beans and nuts and seeds, um, everything, the broth. And so my seasonal allergies eased um, along with the other things I mentioned. And so it was a major turning point. And I would say then, you know, we've had ups and downs since then. And about the same time that we found traditional foods. Shortly after that, I began teaching about it. And just the, um, the workload and the kids getting older and the homeschooling and everything sort of, um, it took its toll on me. So in spite of traditional foods, I started um, slipping into having allergies again. And I think it was more having to do with the stress and the lifestyle, because if you keep a really intense pace, that has its effect on you as well you know, you know, this is a very holistic view. It's, you can't just say one thing. It's a big picture thing. So that's why I'm sharing this whole story with you so you can see the ebbs and flows. And so there's certain low points in my health for various reasons, either very malnourished or stressed. And my aller I would sink into having allergies. Then for various reasons, um, 
issues with other family members, me, we decided to go on a gut healing diet called GAPS. And it took just a couple weeks before my allergies were gone again, and they have not returned from the gut healing that I've experienced from that. So um, here I am three, four years later, completely allergy-free. And it's amazing. It's like living a different life this time of year. I see people sneezing around me. I know exactly what they're feeling. So it makes me really appreciate the fact that I'm not doing that. And that's a different feeling than being somebody who's never had allergies, looking at people with allergies and saying, what, what is going on? You know, where is this coming from? Well, when you've had allergies and you don't, you know how amazing that is not to have them. I'm sharing my story with you to tell you what it's like. I'm not claiming to have an answer for everyone. I'm also not giving medical advice. This is all my story. These are all things for all of us to think about and explore and make our own medical decisions. How was that for a disclaimer? Okay, so I, that's the story. Now I want to go into some practical things. I want to talk about some overall nutritional principles that are very important for anyone who's wanting to heal or get better with seasonal allergies. First is just the overall traditional food principles that we follow. They're so important for our health and having seasonal allergies is just one aspect of that. So the good fats, the naturally raised meats, you know, pastured, grass-fed, wild-caught, limited sweets, raw dairy, cultured dairy, um, enzymes, fermented foods, other uh, cultured foods, um, healing broths and stocks, all of these are so important to be balanced in our nutrition so that our body can be at a healthy state to handle, you know, the spring when there's more pollen in the air. Um, and then for my second point, I just want to pull out one thing from the overall food principles I just mentioned because it needs more. It's especially important, and that is the uh, fermented foods. Fermented foods are so important to our health because they are the key to restoring gut flora. And gut flora um, and a good gut, a healthy gut, is like... Um, the cornerstone of a healthy immune system. And we know that an allergic response is the immune system not doing what it should. It's overactive. So the gut health is a key part to that. And fermented foods, the probiotics and the beneficial acids are um, the, the beautiful parts of fermented foods that just tie right into that whole equation of keeping our gut healthy so our immune system can be healthy. And I'm going to talk about more about it, but I wanted to pull out that principle. The last thing I wanted to pull out um, as an pr overall principle that has a big impact on seasonal allergies, whether you suffer or not, is your lifestyle. So stress, lack of sleep, being overworked. Think about your quality of life. This has a great impact on your health. And I know it does on mine. And I've just shared some of that in my story where I was eating the right things, but I was stressed, overworked and overtired. And so allergies came back into my life. So keep all this in mind. And we're going to go a little bit deeper now into gut health. Um, I think the reason I'm going to focus a lot of this episode on gut health is because like I just said, the gut health is your immune system and your immune system is what's causing seasonal allergies. Um, so a healthy gut is the key to a healthy immune system. If your gut isn't healthy, 
many things are going to happen, more things than just seasonal allergies. For instance, poor digestion. So if your gut isn't healthy, you're not digesting your foods properly, undigested food particles may actually be in your bloodstream, causing symptoms of food allergy. Um, If your gut isn't healthy, pathogens, viruses, and otherwise undesirable organisms are going to get a stronghold in your body, releasing toxins and preventing all sorts of good stuff from happening in the body, like hormone production, hormone regulation, nutrient usage. So, and one of those toxins that are produced by pathogens, viruses, undesirable organisms that get a foothold, one of those toxins are histamines. They put your body in allergy mode constantly. So then you get to pollen season and it's just an overload. Um, Also, one of the most awful consequences of poor gut balance is an overactive immune system. And that's what allergies are. So seasonal allergies, food allergies, eczema, psoriasis. When the microbes, the, the undesirable microbes in our gut grow unchecked because the good guys are not balancing them out, then the, mic- the bad microbes are producing overproducing histamine, which causes many functions in the body that react to histamine to go haywire because um, it's just a vicious cycle. And you're getting excessive amounts of histamine in the body. Now I want to read you a quote, and I use this a lot in online classes at traditional cooking school, presentations that I make, um, and I talk about this in my book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. So if you've been around me, you've probably heard it, but I'm going to read it again. (laughs) And this comes from Dr. Tom Cowan, who works a lot with Weston A. Price Foundation. He says, Think of your intestines as soil and grass. The villi are like the soil, and the layer of good bacteria is like the grass covering the soil. If you go to a meadow or a perennial grass field and you overgraze or do something to strip the grass, the soil will become eroded. If this condition continues, you get further erosion of soil, you get cracks in the soil, and surface material starts seeping into the groundwater. That is exactly the same process that happens in the human gut. People strip their grass with antibiotics, with vaccines, with processed foods, with not getting the right flora via the birth canal due either to a C-section or gut dysbiosis in the mother. Lastly, civilized people today are no longer eating probiotic foods. All these factors create an unhealthy gut ecology, a flattening of the villi, and actual holes in the gut wall. So the bottom line here um, from all of this is we need a strong, uh, we need good gut health. And beneficial organisms are essential for a healthy gut. The healthy gut is essential for a strong immune and digestive system. You can't be healthy without feeding your gut. It's like I said, it's this cycle that all ties into each other. Beneficial organisms, healthy gut, healthy um, immune system, good digestion, and it just all ties together. So regarding seasonal allergies, you might hear people saying there's so much pollen this year. I've even said that. And you go on the news and they're telling you the pollen index. Here's the thing. If your immune system is healthy, it shouldn't really matter how much pollen is around. Either you can handle it or you can't. Um, There's a great blog post from Sarah, the Healthy Home Economist, and here's a quote from that. Pollen is not the problem. The truth is that seasonal allergies are much more than a nuisance. They are one of the mildest forms of autoimmune disease and a gentle warning by the body that more autoimmunity problems are on the way if the gut imbalance that is causing them is not dealt with effectively. This was very true in my case. I found that eating the gut healing diet, the gut... um, friendly foods, getting the probiotics was the key to reversing the allergies in uh, my life. 
So you might be asking yourself now, how do you improve your gut health? Well, it's the gut healing diet. The one that I recommend that did wonders for me is the GAPS diet by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. GAPS stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. This diet is not meant to be a permanent diet. It's meant for a time of healing. This could last a very long time for someone, years. It could last a duration of months. And probably I had really bad allergies. I told you I couldn't function. I didn't have much else wrong for me, with me. So my duration was short of needing the, the GAPS diet. When your gut balance is off, you experience all kinds of symptoms. Mild symptoms like seasonal allergies and digestive issues to more severe issues like autism and attention deficit disorder. So like I said, how long a person follows the protocol is unique to the person. Here are the main uh, points about this. The gut is out of balance, like I described before. It's overtaken by undesirables like pathogens, viruses, yeasts, and more. They need to die. Um, by the way, I'm telling you how this diet works. Um, how do you kill them? The undesirables, will you deprive them of food? You create an environment they don't like and you outcompete them. What food do they like? Sugar. So sugar from grains, sweeteners, unfermented dairy, and starchy vegetables. What environment can't they abide? Acidic. What can outcompete them? Good guys like the beneficial organisms lactobacilli, which are abundant in lacto-fermented foods such as traditionally made sauerkraut, kefir, and more. So basically on this diet, I've told you how it works by talking about these things they like and don't like. You're going to do all those things to kill the bad guys, plus a little more. So you're going to avoid sugar so that the undesirable pathogens and such don't get a food source. You're going to introduce beneficial acids like lactic acid from fermented foods because the bad guys don't like it. You're going to eat fermented foods. That's going to um, provide beneficial acids. It's also going to provide... Um, the good guys, the beneficial organisms to outcompete. The additional things on this diet, the GAPS diet, you're adding nutritious and healing foods to soothe an irritated digestive tract and to enhance nourishment. These are things like well-cooked veggies. They're easy to digest. Nourishing broths that are very nutritious and soothing and helpful for digestion. Animal fats that are high in essential vitamins and helpful for digesting protein. Pastured meats that um, provide essential fatty acids like omega-3 in a proper balance with uh, omega-6, as well as healthy fats and quality protein. So that's kind of an overview of the GAPS diet. Um, I hope that wasn't overwhelming. I think we got to think about the principle, the overarching principle, which is to restore gut health. And the way you do that is to starve out the pathogens that you don't want there. The way you do that is by introducing good guys and not providing the food source for the bad guys. And I'm using very simplistic language here. <laughs> it's not scientific. It's more just how I understand this. And it's how I, when we were on the GATS diet or when I get questions from people and I'm trying to figure out the answer, it's how I navigate the choices, like um, how I figure out what what I should be eating or not eating. I think about you know, the things that in my body I want to flourish and the things that I don't want to flourish. Um, so that's what helps me understand it. My experience has been 
that even the simple steps of reducing sugars from grains, starchy vegetables, and sweets made a very quick and miraculous improvement in my seasonal allergies. Within three to four days, I no longer suffered from seasonal allergies. So three to four days on the GAPS diet. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying that's everyone's experience. That was my experience. The same was true for my son. Him, I've told you, he had eczema, and that was the door that led us to you know, investigating options and the healing of his eczema finally happened with traditional foods. And um, so if he's had a recurrence of eczema or seasonal allergies came in, GAPS diet is what cleared that up for him. Um, So as you can see, my major recommendation for um, seasonal allergies for anyone is to consider the GAPS diet. That may be too restrictive for you, I don't know. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes to the GAPS book. So you can find that at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 110. Um, I also want to give you some other ideas, like the tip of the week that I mentioned at the beginning. Just give up modern wheat and see what that does for you. If your allergies don't clear up, give up grains. Um, Give up sugar. So these sugars that are feeding the undesirable organisms deprive those. Deprive the organisms of that. Try that. There's other natural methods of healing and soothing allergies, so I'm going to cover some of those now. Um, Bee pollen. Through the whole year, or at least in the months leading up to allergy season, you could take small doses of local bee pollen. Again, here's my disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Do your own research. Consider this as a natural remedy that I'm not endorsing. I'm offering it to you as a suggestion. Um... That may be helpful if you decide (laughs) that's what you want to do. So if you decide that, you would start with just a grain or two and build up to a teaspoon or tablespoon only as you can handle it. Um, When we tried it in our family, um, my son's throat would close up even with a grain, so we didn't use it for him. Um, I didn't have the same issue. So the idea is that you're building up immunity to the pollen by exposing your body to it on purpose. So it may or may not work with you. And no matter what, you want to source out local bee pollen because um, you're fighting a local battle with the local pollen, right? So you want local bee pollen. Raw honey. This is the same idea as with the bee pollen, though it's not quite as targeted. Local honey can help you build up immunity to the pollens in your area. However, keep in mind what the bee's environment is. So if you're allergic to grass pollen, but the beehive was in a grape vineyard, (laughs) you're not going to be getting this, you know, the same exact type of pollen you need. So you would want to look for, you know, if you're surrounded by knapweed, oh, knapweed's so horrible, look for knapweed honey. If you've got alfalfa or orange blossom or raspberry, black, um, around here we have a lot of blackberry, so blackberry honey is popular. You want to look for what you're surrounded with. Um, vitamin C is helpful. This is a natural antihistamine. Um, so during an acute flare-up, you could take, I'm not even going to give you the recommendation because I don't want to get in trouble. I'd say just do your research on what you feel safe with as um, frequent high doses of vitamin C, um, and it can help. Neti pot. Oh, boy. Neti pot's not just valuable when you have a cold, but I mean, if you can do use the neti pot to clear out your sinus passages regularly during allergy season so you don't have that pollen inside just continually irritating you over and over and over, clean that out. Uh, nettle tea is wonderful 
for allergies. So, and actually, I want to say take it a step further and do an infusion. So you're going to take a quart jar at night, and you're going to put you know a whole bunch of dried nettle leaves in there, like um, quarter cup to half cup, maybe even a cup, depending on how strong you want it. Pour boiling water over it, and then just let it infuse overnight. And in the morning, you can close it up. And in the morning, you want to drain it. And then you've got a really strong infusion that's concentrated with minerals and the nutrients from the tea, the dried herb. It's shown that, I mean, minimum you should steep your teas like 5 to 15 minutes. But if you can go four hours, you're going to get a greater transfer of the nutrients in the herbs into your drink. So that's called an infusion. And nettles is very good for allergies, so do a nettle tea or, yeah, nettle infusion. Um, Kombucha or other fermented beverages can give you an instant relief within minutes of having them. I often found that when I was battling allergies that if I'd have a glass of kombucha, I felt better very quickly. Um, Washing. This is just a simple thing. It's sort of like the neti pot, but you're doing it like washing your face so you don't have... um, pollen on your eyelids or eyebrows, you know, blow your nose, you know, just, and don't go days between washing your hair, get it, get it out, get it off your skin, get it off your hair so that you're not a walking cloud of pollen to keep continually irritating yourself. Uh, this was a, uh, this was a thing when we worked in the barn a lot, um, you know, and my son and I are the particular ones that would have allergies. So, we just have to bathe when we came in from doing outside chores so that we would um, wash all that pollen off and feel much better. Uh, mint is really wonderful. So essential oil or mint tea, you can, or even like in a, um, like an herbal salve. Anyway, inhaling it can be very refreshing. You can do steams with mint essential oil, Um, Mint really clears me up. Um, In the house, just keeping things clean, dusting, sweeping, vacuuming, etc. Just don't let the pollen build up in your your, um, residence. You can, a lot of vacuums have a HEPA filter, and so you can just run your vacuum, like not run it, not be pushing it around the floor, but just turn it on so that it's sucking air from the house and running it through the HEPA filter. It could help. Uh, reducing fragrances and perfumes. So, you know, scented candles, perfumes, fragrances, those can be additional irritants if you're already um, irritated by the pollen, you know, and the overproduction of histamine in your body. That can just, like, add fuel to the fire. So keep that kind of stuff down. Also in the show notes, I'm going to give you two links. I have um, a list of home remedies, for allergies from Lori, our friend Lori at Common Sense Homesteading, and also an article from Donna at Cultured Food Life, How I Fixed My Seasonal Allergies. You'll like to read both of those. And so I've come to the end, and just as a wrap-up, I want to say that um, I hope this has been encouraging to you, giving you hope. And if you're going to walk away from any of this, like all the end tips I give you are going to help you handle the symptoms. But I think the true cause of allergies is gut health. And so gut healing diet is going to be the way to go. If you can't, don't want to do a restrictive GAPS diet, at least reduce the wheat and the sugar and introduce fermented foods and broth into your life, as well as the staples of a traditional diet, which is 
uh, the healthy fats, the pastured meats. And, um, and I just, I just pray that if you're suffering, that you will begin to feel better. Thanks for hanging with me today, everyone. Thanks for listening to my story. And I'm going to sign off here and wish you all a blessed weekend and week. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating and review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.